What's up, fools? Hey, this is your host, Lauren Leslie, with the Design Tribe podcast based out of beautiful Birmingham. I just had the best conversation with Jen Lazan of Bella Sophia Creative, and we talked all about why Pantone chose classic blue as the 2020 Pantone color of the year. If you're thinking that maybe this was like kind of an odd choice, or if you just want to know more about what led them to this decision, then this episode is for you, my friend. As a reminder, we do go live in the Design Tribe Facebook group, so if you'd like to participate in our live calls, be sure to join the Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Design Tribe Lauren Leslie, and Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. I'm so glad you're here. All right, let's dive in. Okay, yeah, we're live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the webinar today. We're going to be discussing the 2020 Pantone Color of the Year Classic Blue, um, and we have Jen Lazan here. Uh, am I saying your last name right? Sorry, I yes. forgot to ask you that. Lazan? It's like okay. lasagna without the anya. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, so I'm going to share my screen with you guys, and we will get started. All right, so... Here we go. If you're wondering why on earth Pantone chose classic blue as the color of the year, then you are definitely in the right place because we are going to dive into all of the details. And so for today's agenda, we will recap the 2019 color of the year, Living Coral. Uh, we'll talk about classic blue explained and explained why and explain why Pantone uh, chose this color. Uh, we'll talk about current events that evoke the color classic blue. We'll talk about the history of the color blue, how your personality feels about the color blue, and how this classic blue can affect your business. So for those of you who may not have heard, I also want to let you know that I am offering a 2020 trend guide over on my website. I do ask that you share it on social media and just so enter your email address on my uh, website to get all the instructions. So just wanted to let you know that real quick. And if you want to know more about color, I uh, teach an entire class on Skillshare called Color Queen. So that is something to check out as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lauren. Um, I have sold uh, my designs have sold in places like Anthropology, so I'm super excited about that, and I'm super excited today to introduce uh, Jen of Bella Sophia Creative. And Jen, would you like to kind of introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. I'm hoping my dog doesn't bark again. I'm trying to keep it mute. <laughs> so okay. my, we, we barely notice it. It's fine. <laughs> my name is um, Jen Lazan, and pardon my scratchy voice, I've been struggle busting with a really bad cold for the last week and a half. Um, I run an indie studio based out of the Midwest, right outside of Chicago, called Bella Sophia Creative. I've been freelancing for the last 10 years, um, and I've also been a professor in higher education teaching at multiple universities, community colleges, mostly in art and fashion departments and marketing departments for the last nine years. And you can find me at bellasophiacreative.com. Awesome. We're so excited to have you here today, Jen. Oh, okay. So here are her links. Sorry, I should have skipped to that page. Um, but yeah, you can see her links and also her YouTube channel called The Freelance Life. So you guys should definitely check out her YouTube channel as well. Thank you. All right, Jen, I'll let you take it off from here and uh, dive into a little bit of the history. Sure. So I really like 
um, understanding the background of things. So when Lauren had reached out to me to talk more about this and when we went through some of the, the templates and stuff that she's gone through in the past, I absolutely was excited because I love this kind of stuff. So um, this like kind of showcases some of the prior colors of the year. They've been doing this for quite a while and Pantone has been around since um, 1999. Um, last year was Living Coral and this year, as you guys all know, 2020 color of the year is um, classic blue. So I kind of want to showcase what kind of led into this. And it's interesting to see how Pantone has come full circle with what they're doing with this year because back in 1999, when they did their um, color of the year is cerulean blue and so for over 20 years they these colors have basically influenced product development purchasing decisions in all kinds of industries including fashion home furnishings and industrial design as well as things in um, product packaging and even graphic design and so when we look at what they Sorry, that was my little one. <laughs> when we look at um, what's going on in terms of today in 2020, and we look at and compare 1999, like I said earlier, they launched Cerulean Blue as the color of the year. And that was kind of like the zeitgeist and the focus on um, kind of like the idea of calming. And because when we think about 1999, what was the big thing going on? What was coming up? The year 2000, right? Right. The and <laughs> yes, and Y2K was something that was on people's minds, and they were kind of, you know, stressing about that. Um, and when we look at where they're pulling this inspiration, it's inspired by the world around them, whether it be visual arts, music, entertainment, and things like socioeconomics and politics, right? And while we want to think like, oh, why do we want to get involved in economics and politics for creatives? Um, when we look at the, the world around us, companies like Pantone are literally following the trends and tracking data. And while we may not necessarily realize it, much of what is happening um, in the world, including things like politics and economics, um, actually impacts the direction that we see things like retail and fashion going in. Um, so going back to 1999, Cerulean Blue, it's like they've come full circle. So the idea that this classic blue is their color of the year is much richer when you consider the history of the color of the year franchise, um, which began in, like I said, 1999, and with that focus on Cerulean Blue. So they're going back to that idea of calming, trying to um, look at what's moving forward. And it's just an interesting kind of like, um, you know, juxtaposition between what was going on then and what's going on now and how things are kind of intersecting. Um, and so I almost feel like Pantone's coming full circle when it comes to their selection of 20, um, of yeah. classic blue in 2020. I love that anniversary. So that's really interesting and love that you um, kind of made that connection and made that point. That's really awesome. And interesting that, yeah, the Y2K thing was happening and they were trying to kind of calm everyone down and We'll get into um, a lot of the current events a little bit later, but right now we have like an impeachment hearing going on. And I don't know, like when they picked this color, I was a little bit like, oh, like that doesn't seem very reflective <laughs> of like what's going yeah. on right now. But um, I understand if, you know, they're trying to soothe everyone <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like um, we have to look at it deeper than face value, right? So. Mm -hmm. We look at this classic blue and it can almost seem like, oh, that's such a basic idea. But then as we dig deeper, like what we're going to do with this presentation, um, it's really it's really much more interesting to look at it from that perspective. Um, and when I look at it, I almost feel, and like I said, I know we don't like to get into politics and things like, like 
baddest creatives. Um, I don't, well, I'm an activist, so obviously I'm always in politics as a creative, but um, when we look at this too, I almost feel like Pantone's making a political statement too. Um, whether we want to guess blue means something or, you know, but I definitely do think that whole idea of calmness and trying to, you know, forge forward new ideas, it kind of plays into this. Yeah, I totally agree. And I do think that you can't really ignore politics when you're doing research that is supposed to reflect like all everything that's going on globally. And of course, it is the fashion, the trends, the, you know, the street trends, all of that stuff. But it's also like the current events and what's going on politically for sure. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So before we dive into classic blue, I kind of wanted to give you guys a recap from what um, Lauren had did last year with showcasing Living Coral. Yeah, so this video is on my YouTube channel as well. So if anyone wants to get the a full deep dive into Living Coral, you can watch that on my YouTube channel um, on youtube.com uh, slash C slash Lauren Leslie. So when we look at Living Coral, um, it's kind of this idea that it was embracing us with this warmth and nourishment. And they were really looking to kind of, again, provide comfort and buoyancy in this shifting environment. Um, it was a reaction kind of like to the onslaught of digital, digital technology and social media um, and how that was increasingly kind of like pushing itself into our everyday life. Um, and the idea behind the concept was to really look for something that was authentic and look for immersive experiences that kind of enabled that idea of connection and intimacy. So when we look at Living Coral, it was comforting and it was energizing at the same time, right? When we look at that brightness, we look at that color, um, it was meant to serve in, again, a time of global uncertainty. And I almost feel though that, that, that this classic blue now is in many ways very much a product of that same core observation. Um, the world around us influences the visual vibes that we see and feel. I almost feel like this is a nod to that and carrying that idea over into 2020. Yeah, it's interesting that they both kind of represent the sky, you know, because coral with sunsets and things like that. And then, of course, the blue kind of being representative of, of the sky as well. And I definitely saw coral as like a very happy color. So Yeah, yep. Um, and so I just wanted to uh, give this little slide real quick of Laurie Pressman, who's the VP of the Pantone Color Institute. I've seen her speak at um, Atlanta Market a few different times and kind of give a presentation on the Pantone Color of the Year. And she definitely inspired me to kind of do my own version of a presentation on the Pantone Color of the Year as well. I always felt like it was extremely insightful and informative. So, um, yeah, okay. So how did everyone come up with, or how did Panto come up with their color research? So no crystal balls are in use. They collect color information, like we said, from street trends, fashion, retail, runway trends, um, social media, what are, you know, what are average consumers doing on social media um, and travel? You know, they definitely like research, do their research very thoroughly. And Panto researches also cultural shifts political dynamics and takes historical events into account. So let's dive into Classic Blue Explained. So Pantone talks about Classic Blue as instilling calm, confidence, and connection. Uh, that this enduring blue hue uh, highlights our desire for a dependable and stable foundation on which to build as we cross the threshold into a new era. 
I don't know, like I'm a 90s girl and I think about the 80s being a decade and a you know, the 90s being a decade, but like the 2010s, I'm like, oh, it is over. Like I didn't realize this decade was really coming to a close or I guess I just didn't really think about it. Um, yeah, but 1999, whoever was born there, they're turning 20. Isn't that trippy? <laughs> that is so crazy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it is a timeless and enduring blue hue. It is um, elegant in its simplicity. It's suggestive of the dusk sky color, like which we said, it's kind of cool that coral sort of also represented sky as well. Um, it's reassuring and thought provoking, and it's a very academic color. Like you definitely see this in a lot of school logos. It could even be considered a corporate color, I think. Um, so it's, it's kind of a grown up color. <laughs> But uh, the classic blue does, uh, represents our desire for a dependable and stable foundation. It's a very restful color. It's very soothing. And it brings a sense of peace and tranquility to the human spirit. So classic blue also offers a sense of a refuge or safety. It aids concentration and deeper thought. And it brings laser-like clarity and focus and kind of also helps us recenter our thoughts. Um, so I was looking at some different inspirations for this color, and I definitely have been seeing a lot of blue in fashion, although I think the um, dress on the right is a little bit like uh, punched up, a little bit of a brighter color than the classic blue. But what we'll see is we'll see all kinds of variations of this color throughout the year as it makes sense for certain industries. So it's also a reflective blue tone. Um, classic blue fosters resilience. And um, I was going to ask you, Jen, if you agree with this. I definitely see it as like a classic safe color for sure. And um, I don't disagree that it's what we re uh, need right now in the world. <laughs> but um, like I said, it didn't really seem like it was accurately representing what's happening in the world in terms of the kind of chaos that we're living in, whether it's gun violence or this impeachment uh, trial going on, or um, I don't know, just uh, the sense of urgency around climate change, like things like that. So um, I definitely think we need this color, you know, it's, it's helpful, yeah. but I don't know that it, do you feel like it reflects uh, the times that we're living in right now? I don't know if it necessarily reflects it, but I think it's a nod towards some of the things that we, in some of the directions that we need to be heading in. Um, and I know we're gonna talk about this later on in the presentation, but when we look at that color, the whole idea of a classic safe color, it's also one of those colors that you can obtain through natural dyes. And I think sustainability and eco-friendliness in terms of what's going on in the fashion industry has a huge part to play in something like that. That is an awesome point. Did you uh, watch, uh, do you watch Patriot Act by Hassan Minaj? I have not. Okay, he's, uh, he's a comedian and he's really funny, but he talks about um, some of these issues and he did a whole episode on fast fashion, which was really insightful. So I love the idea that um, sustainable fashion will be hopefully making or becoming a bigger market in the next few years. Yes, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. There's also another really great documentary called, um, oh, it's about fast fashion. It's, um, why can I think about it? I've, seen, I've shown it to my students and fashion courses before. Um, when I remember it, I'll share it with Facebook group, um, but it basically looks at fast fashion and what's going, oh, it's called True Cost, the True Cost of Fashion, Okay, wow. um, which is a fantastic one, and it really explores and does a deep dive into what the true cost of our fast fashion world is, and it's a lot scarier, and a lot of people, I think we choose not to necessarily look at it because we don't want to know, but it's really important to know, and I definitely think that, like I said earlier, that blue color that it's easy to get with eco-friendly dyes. You can use plant-based dyes. You can um, also like, if you don't want to 
keep purchasing new clothes, I feel like that classic color is going to not go out of fashion so quickly. So yeah, I think it kind really of nods to that. Yeah, I love that point as well. Um, so this is kind of how I see classic blue being used across a few different industries. I definitely think home decor is going to love, love, love um, this color just because it's very livable. And like you said, it's not going to go out of fashion. Um, it is a very classic color. And um, I love seeing it in easy wear as well. I mean, you know, you, if you have a sweatshirt, you generally tend to keep it for a very long time. So again, like what you said, it's a very classic color and won't go out of style. So Pantone says that we are living in a time that requires trust and faith. It is this kind of constancy and confidence that is expressed by classic blue. Um, it's just really a solid and dependable blue hue that we can always rely on. So how does classic blue influence home decor specifically? Um, I come from the world of rugs for anyone who doesn't know me. Uh, I was a textile designer for seven years and designed rugs and pillows. So um, we can dive into the home decor section for a little bit. This is kind of how I would have traditionally imagined the classic blue being used in the home. Um, I definitely see it as the perfect traditional or safe color for homes. It also works really well in coastal homes and in, st in styles that kind of embody a nautical theme. So any kind of beach homes or lake houses, this is like the perfect look. But I love how it can also exhibit a more global vibe um, so that if that's not quite your style, uh, this color can also manifest in a lot of different ways and techniques such as uh, the Japanese shibori, block printing or resist printing. So here are just a few more images that kind of give this global vibe. So if you're not a super traditional person, uh, this, this classic blue can definitely be used in other ways. Um, it can also play really nicely with chinoiserie or japonesme looks in home decor, all very classic looks, but again, you can kind of branch out away from the nautical or traditional themes as well. Um, and here's another uh, chinoiserie rug that I absolutely love. We also could see this color being used in exteriors um, and it may include large areas of painted brick like we're seeing on the left and bring some vibrancy, but also uh, sort of bringing this feeling of calm to the outside of buildings and walls, especially when uh, during a time when people may be somewhat afraid to be in public spaces. So the hand-painted indigo trend has been popular for a while now, so it's likely that we'll continue to see this trend explode even further. And it's also no surprise that dishware will capitalize on the classic blue color as well. And it's just an extremely commercial color, especially in all aspects of home decor. And we'll no doubt see some designers play with this color in ways that are a little bit more fun. They may punch up the vibrancy or play with, uh, use it and play with some teals or um, maybe a yellow and kind of uh, bring in some fun color palettes to play with it. But we'll definitely also see ways uh, be, it being used in ways that are extremely traditional and kind of quote unquote recession proof. Um, I listened to some designers that went to like Fashion Week and they were seeing a ton of blue as well. And they were saying that it was slightly uh, less inspiring than previous years, but that was because some people are anticipating another recession. And don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's going to happen. This is just all hearsay. Um, but I think the fashion industry is maybe expecting a decline in purchasing power. I don't really know. Um, they could have totally different reasons for that. But um, I have heard that, you know, some classic looks uh, tend to come up when they are anticipating 
something that is less uh, or more recession proof, I guess. Okay, so let's dive into social media. So normally popular colors embody uh, kind of bright and bold liveliness that is very relevant and effective within social media realms. A lot of times on social media, you want to grab attention. And we also <laughs> have definitely heard the term of, you know, is this color, or is this place Instagrammable? Um, and so if you think that the classic blue color is Instagrammable, then leave me a comment below uh, or leave me your favorite emoji in the comments. But um, yeah, what do you think about this, Jen? Do you see the color as being Instagrammable? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like whenever there's a really like some of the visuals that you showed with like the blue block, um, block color within the brick and in the houses, there is um, I think I show a picture of it later on in the presentation, but there's this really gorgeous house. And I don't know if it's a Monaco or it's that YSL blue house. And um, I feel like that kind of color, that pop, that, you know, the, the richness of it, I can see it being a color that's going to be easily translatable into the social media world. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I'll let you take it over from here with the current events. Okay, so like we said earlier, within these types of um, within this types of within this type of research, um, they're looking at everything. So I wanted to showcase the quote from um, Leatrice Eisman, she's the executive director of the Pantone Color Institute, um, and I think what she says kind of really embodies the focus of this color. We're living in a time that requires trust and faith. It is this kind of constancy and confidence that is expressed by Pantone 1940-52, classic blue, a solid and dependable blue who we can always rely on. Imbued with a deep resonance, classic blue provides an anchoring foundation, a boundless blue evocative of the vast and infinite evening sky. Classic blue encourages us to look beyond the obvious, to expand our thinking, challenging us to think more deeply, increase our perspective, and open the flow of communication. So like I said earlier, if we don't think Pantone is making a political statement with that, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they definitely are. So we kind of wanted to highlight some, um, you know, current events that kind of touch base on um, what's going on in the world that kind of possibly impact what we're seeing with this choice as well. So I kind of broke it down into not just um, U.S. events, but also U.S. events and global world focus events. Mm -hmm. So in May 2019, several states passed a heartbeat bill, which caused some controversy. January 3rd, more than 100 women are sworn into the 116th Congress. We're seeing more and more young people choosing to make their voices heard in the political arena. Um, Robert Mueller, made an official statement and he resigned in April. The House requested full access to, Mueller, to the Mueller report and um, to President Trump's tax returns, which they're still fighting over. Um, in March, the House passes the For the People Act. In February, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez released the blueprint for a Green New Deal. Um, and the California wildfires are continuing to rage on this year, making climate, um, climate a huge focus. Mm -hmm. We also see um, some impact in our world of fashion as well in terms of tariffs, right? The U.S. imposed new 15% tariffs on about $112 billion of Chinese imports, um, such that more than two-thirds of consumer goods imported from China were the subject of those tariffs. Um, we saw 45-plus school shootings last year. There have been more mass shootings than days in the year per CBS News report. 
uh, the Keystone Pipeline leaked 383,000 gallons of oil in the second biggest spill in two years per the Washington Post. Greta, Thor um, Greta Thunberg left the US um, after that huge um, nationwide school walkout for high schoolers and her, her piece of advice that she left us with was to vote. Um, immigration, the immigration crisis peaked and the number of migrant children detained by the U.S. government spiked from 2,400 to over 13,000. Most recently, we saw the death of that young 16-year-old boy in the hands of ICE. Um, and December 5th, most recently, Pelosi proceeded with the articles of impeachment against our president. So there's a lot of stuff going on here in the U.S., but there's also a lot of stuff going on globally as well that have an impact on what's going on. Um, Chile protested over a subway um, fare hike, which may seem like, oh, it's a subway uh, fare hike, but the reality is that they are living in such poor economic conditions that even something like that has a huge impact on their, on their citizens. Um, it left eight dead and a state of emergency was declared. Um, Brexit was still being talked about this past year. Um, they ended up extending the Brexit deadline to um, July 31st, 2020. Um, communist China's 70th anniversary was marred by Hong Kong protesters who were calling for freedom. Um, there was the Al-Shabaab terrorist attacks on a U.S. military base in Somalia. Um, and then moving on, we also saw Nigerians leave South Africa following attacks. Thousands were marching in Hong Kong against the extradition law. The Ukrainian comedian who won the presidential election by a landslide and now is part of this whole um, whole impeachment process, you know, what's going on in terms of politics here in the U.S. There was a days-long blackout in, in Venezuela that ended up killing 21 people. And when we look at Classic Blue, it's that idea, again, of trying to bring a sense of peace and tranquility to the human spirit, because it feels like there's so much going on in the world, um, kind of like offering a refuge to people, um, aiding in this idea of concentration and bringing laser-like clarity. It's a reflective blue toning, that idea that classic blue is essentially um, fostering a resilience and that's what we need to move forward beyond some of the, the ups and downs that we're seeing as a nation and um, worldwide. Mm -hmm. So when we look at this, I, I want you guys to think about this as well. Um, and what Lauren and I say, obviously we're, yes, while we may have, we work in the industry and we have a bit of knowledge, the idea is, is that we're kind of looking at this and interpreting it our own way. So I wanted to bring up some questions to you all. And we're going to talk a bit about each of these sections as well. So do you think this color is a nod to the ideas of impeachment and ethical dilemmas on the Hill relating to the current administration as well as the state of the world? Um, could the use again of that classic color that doesn't easily go out of style also be a nod to, to sustainability um, and again have that eco focus? Yeah, so um, go ahead. sorry to interrupt, but um, we'll okay. have a Q&A right at the end. So guys, when you, if you have any questions or answers to these questions or opinions, please go ahead and leave them in the comments and we will read those um, a little bit further towards the end. Um, I can't like share this slide screen and then also go back to the Facebook group and read all the comments at the same time. So, um, so yeah, we'll have a section for that, but definitely go ahead and um, if you have any thoughts on this, feel free to share. And then the last question I kind of wanted to comment on too is this is this also meant to be a play on another big trend that we're seeing this idea of wellness right self care wellness has been kind of like an ongoing trend that's been growing and growing I feel like the last five years um, and I think it's starting to hit a peak. 
Um, and this reminder that to care for others, we have to find our own balance and grounding and care for ourselves as well. Um, so I'll kind of touch on each of those in um, the sections that we're going to be looking at now. So when we look at this idea of being eco-friendly, um, ethical and sustainable fashion has been basically on the industry's agenda um, for, a, for quite a while, but I feel like 2019 was the year of awakening for the fashion world. Um, and because this blue is such a classic color, it can be created with natural dyes um, and, and the pieces that you buy in it won't necessarily go out of style very quickly which I think is actually really valuable to those of us who want to consume less, right? So we're talking about greenhouse gases and things like that. What are some simple ways that we can handle that? And consuming less is part of that. So this idea, idea of sustainability absolutely plays into this, I feel, when it comes to this color. Um, some of the challenges that we see in the fashion and the consumer goods industry can seem really insurmountable. Global textile productions, that's my background, um, as well as Lauren's, um, it emits 1.2 billion tons of greenhouse gases annually, more than international flights and maritime shipping combined. So obviously the fashion industry has a huge role to play in this. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. I mean, that is just, if you stop to think about, it's more than international flights. Like, and there's yeah. planes flying all over the world every single day. That's insane. Yep. And then also, when we, um, I didn't put this in here, but I feel like I, I read somewhere that it takes like 700 gallons of water to make one cotton t-shirt. So it's just, again, we're having a huge impact on what's going on in the world around us. Um, Greta Thunberg, like we said earlier, she's become this huge spokesperson of our younger generation. And basically this generation is impatient for change and they're not compromising on their ethics. And it's really inspiring to see young people really getting out there. And whether that means going vegan or swapping their clothes rather than buying new, they're trying to make a statement and they're trying to do better themselves. Um, and while this whole process is happening, I'm really, I'm really excited and happy to see brands are actually taking action and doing positive things. Stella McCartney, was launching the UN Sustainable Fashion Industry Charter for Climate, and they got a bunch of people to sign on to this. And to mark Earth Day, um, the Fashion Revolution, um, which is a nonprofit focused on um, ensuring that brands are starting to focus on being sustainable in the fashion industry, they announced that it too is declaring a climate emergency, and they signed the charter in 2019. So other signatories included Burberry, Gap, H&M, Kerrig, Levi's, Inditex, all of, who, um, all of them who have pledged to a series of industry-wide commitments, changes that they're going to make as companies, and that included a target of 30% greenhouse gas emission reductions by 2030, so in the next 10 years. Okay, that's really cool. And what do you think about recycling things like polyester as well? I mean, it can be recycled, but is that a is that going to be a thing? Do you think? I think it. I think that is something that we're looking at. How can we create not just like instead of doing things the old school way? What are new ways? What are new innovations? Whether it's like, for example, um, I was reading about. Uh, designers and chemists in um, Mexico who developed a leather, like a vegan leather mm -hmm. out of, um, out of uh, cactus. Um, and I saw oh, something wow. that had to do with like creating vegan leather out of, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> right there, I'll get them for you, out of um, 
uh, pineapple skin and things like that. So I think it's not necessarily like, how can we, uh, yes, it's important to recycle what we have. And you're seeing a lot of designers choosing to uh, work with dead stock. Um, but it's also um, textile mills choosing not to create polyester or finding ways that they yeah. can take plastics and transform them into um, those similar types of fabrics and textiles that you see in the industry. Right, right, right. Okay, so finally, the, the last bit I wanted to look at is this idea of wellness. So when we look at this wellness trend that's been happening, I feel like this color kind of plays into it really well. If you go to a spa or you go somewhere, you know, you're supposed to, when you look at the psychology behind color, blue is supposed to be a calming kind of color. And it's really interesting to see how this can impact um, really interesting to see how you can um, impact someone's emotional well-being through color. Um, I'm a huge believer in energy and I feel like color has energy as well. Um, there's some really interesting psychology behind color and I think that plays into this. So when we look at wellness, this whole realization, the wellness activities um, essentially reduce chronic disease, which we're all facing here in the U.S. and in, in um, modern countries we're work, 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 and we don't take a moment to slow down, right? So this idea that this kind of, these wellness activities can enhance our human performance and our longevity over well, um, I think is going to cause wellness to become increasingly important and likely even political with government and political parties taking up the challenge to actually effectively measure and administer well-being um, and actually align policies with human rather than economic well-being. Because for oh, yeah. a long time, it seems that a lot of places, organizations, businesses, our world in general, at least here in the States sometimes, it can feel that like um, profit is often put over people. So I feel like this kind of plays into that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. So now that you kind of have a better idea of kind of like our interpretation, I thought it would be really interesting to look at um, the actual history behind this color. And I, when I was researching this, Lauren, I will tell you, I was super ex like surprised at like this, like with the sky is blue. I know. How yeah. did you not have words for that color? Like right. it blew my mind. So when we dug um, deeper into the history of blue, historians concluded that the word blue did not even exist in Greek times. Again, mind blown. Um, and even as the English language developed, blue took a very distinct backseat to other colors. The first color words to appear in English and most other languages, really, for that matter, were words for like white and black. Then you see red, the color of wine and blood appeared. Then um, that was followed by yellow and then green. And essentially blue appeared last. And this blue house here is that house I was talking about. And pink and purple, as my youngest one just asked. <laughs> um, that blue house is one of the, um, I think it's in Morocco, or I can't remember. Exactly it looks tropical, yeah. Or yes, and it's that, that YSL house. Um, so see, that's very Instagrammable. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, scientists generally agreed that humans began to see blue as a color when they started making blue pigments. Um, cave paintings from 20,000 years ago lack any blue color, hmm. but about 6,000 years ago, humans began to develop blue colorants. And this was happening actually in Egypt um, uh, and in the Middle East too, because they were mining lapis, a semi-pressure stone, 
from Afghanistan, and it became very highly prized among Egyptians, and they adored that bright blue color, uh, and they used chemistry to combine the rare lapis with other ingredients such as calcium and limestone, and um, they were able to generate other saturated blue pigments. It was at this time that the Egyptian word for blue emerged. <laughs> Imagine being alive then and being like, we've created a new color. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They probably thought they were gods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing to note with this kind of stuff though is that the dyes were super expensive. Only royalty could afford them. And because of that, blue remained rare for many, many centuries, um, though it slowly became popular enough to earn its own name in different various languages. The history of blue as a color for the everyday person, the everyman, actually began in the, um, when the Catholic Church made an important move in the year 431 AD. Basically, the church decided to color code the saints. Um, and again, another mind-blown kind of moment when I was reading and researching this. Mm -hmm. um, Mary was given a blue robe. And over time, the shade of blue that Mary wore became what is known as navy blue. And because Mary stood for innocence and trustworthiness, the color blue was seen in a positive light. Uh, the same navy blue was adopted by militaries and police. Lauren mentioned things like the corporate color or like school uniforms and things like that earlier. And all of that was to kind of convey a similar essence of trust. So this classic blue also really hints at a relationship to other popular blues. Um, there's that Klein blue that, um, the Klein blue that I showed earlier, which is a more vibrant blue. It was um, invented by the artist, he's French, Yves Klein in the 1960s. And it was even inducted into the MoMA Museum. Um, and this color actually recirculates very often through design culture, whether it's graphic design, interior design, fashion design, um, and even pop culture too. And if you look at Kanye West's new um, cover, Jesus is King 2019, you will see this blue absolutely 100% used. In <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so now we're gonna dive into uh, your personality and how your personality actually feels about this color. So if you are a blue per are you a blue person? I should just ask. Let me know in the comments um, if you are a blue person or if you're not a blue person. So across the world, blue is literally the top choice for people's favorite color. It doesn't matter the country, um, with green being the second favorite choice uh, because it reminds us of calming elements in nature as we kind of discussed. So it's understandable that especially during the digital revolution, um, as Jen mentioned with everything, uh, speeding up and us working so hard and with technology racing ahead at lightning speeds um, and we don't really know exactly what's going to happen with AI um, and machine learning and self-driving cars. It can be a little bit jarring or a little bit alarming so it's understandable that people would sort of gravitate towards these calming colors. Um, and yeah it makes sense that human beings would want to kind of retreat into a blue color that just imbues this calm and tranquility and safety. So blue lovers are extremely loyal to the color and are totally, totally mesmerized by it. Like if you're a blue person, you really, really, really love blue. And um, when I was reading about this, it was funny. It was kind of suggesting that maybe um, you grew up by the water or maybe you have blue eyes. So there's certain little things that um, if you're super into blue that you might have sort of this sub uh, subtle or subconscious reason why 
Uh, but most people feel that darker shades of blue are kind of more conservative or classic or traditional, um, sometimes considered professional or quiet, Why, while uh, lighter shades of blue, uh, which may go back to the cerulean uh, 20 years back, uh, such as sky blue, are calm, clean, restful, and faithful. And then teal blue shades are considered sophisticated, rich, classy, and unique. So blue people are trusting and they expect to be trusted in return. While they may seem cool and confident kind of on the exterior, they can be kind of sensitive and a little bit vulnerable and tend to be deeply hurt if their trust is betrayed. So their goals are for harmony, serenity, patience, perseverance, and also peaceful environments. And blue people are, are generally even-tempered, uh, conservative, and really dependable friends. Um, they generally have gentle temperaments um, and not, they don't, they're not easily angered, but they can sometimes be perfectionists um, because of their really strong sense of responsibility. So there are not a lot of people in the world that hate blue as it is the uh, number one favorite color across the world. But if you do hate blue, then it's possible that you just really need a break from all of the monotony in your life. Uh, you might be looking for a career change or relationship change and long for more excitement and passion in your life. Um, it's possible that blue haters are maybe just exhausted from always being depended on by others. And they may dream about being wealthy or brilliant or both because uh, that would enable uh, blue haters to capture the exciting life that they crave without working so hard in a traditional job. Uh, so deeper blues may also cause sadness for those who already have an aversion to blue. So if someone is already kind of low energy, uh, then the calming sensation of blue may make them feel somewhat depressed or melancholic or just maybe simply more tired. So you may be wondering, okay, well, how would this affect my business? So one way you can incorporate the Pantone color of the year is to just see if you can work it into your existing assortment or product offering. So, uh, you know, the classic blue, like we said, it's going to be very um, easy to work into something like home decor or even fashion. Um, we see here on the left, we see some beauty trends that may end up um, kind of popping up that vibrancy, whether it's um, in fashion or makeup or even shoes. Um, but you can also see if you can use it kind of like as a small detail or a pop color, if, um, or not really a pop color, but um, if you can use it in a small detail if uh, this isn't really like the main color that you want to exhibit for your customers. Um, but the exact shade uh, can be kind of flexible. And if you want um, maybe a brighter version of this color, then you can definitely punch it up like we're seeing on the left here. So um, this can also be a great color for uh, marketing and advertisements when you punch it up a bit. Like we mentioned, this is uh, quite a corporate color. And sorry, guys, I, I think I forgot to uh, fix this text over on the left here. Um, <laughs> still from the Living Coral color. But um, it is definitely very easy to incorporate into your social media strategy or your marketing strategy like Jen talked about. Um, we might see it kind of punch up a little bit uh, for social media or for advertising into some brighter shades um, that you're gonna see over on the right here. You might even see some kind of uh, metallic uh, or shininess happening with this color. Um, but we'll, we'll see it happen like across all different industries where it's going to be played with. We're gonna see different shades come about. We're gonna see it be punched up or um, it'll stay kind of this uh, sort of more adult or sophisticated color just depending on 
the industry. So you can definitely develop this color um, and, and develop into the overall meaning of tranquility and calmness and uh, trying to bring that sense of peace to your customers and your industry um, and just bringing that uh, sense of kind of environmental consciousness into your business messaging as well. Okay, guys, so it's time for the Q&A. If anyone has a comment or question, I'm going to head over to um, the Facebook group and see if anyone has anything. Elizabeth Hart says it's one of my favorite colors. Um, she's currently reading The Secret Lives of Color. Oh, that's really interesting. That's a really good book. I think I, I don't know if I have that one, but I do have something similar that kind of talks about color theory in terms of psychology and uh, yeah, I think that's like, I think that's the cool thing with color, like how we, how it impacts us, how we view it, how it can make someone feel, how different it could be across different people. Yeah, definitely. I was reading um, Latrice Iceman's uh, book, which is Color for Your Every Mood, which is where I was getting some of the uh, personality uh, so traits cool. from. Yeah, but um, I'm not seeing any further comments so far over from the Facebook group. So if no one else has any comments, um, then we will just continue on with the rest of the presentation uh, and wrap up. So uh, definitely I'll go over to my website and get my freebie, you guys. I, I, I developed the ultimate 2020 trend guide, which is over 70 pages of trends. Um, and I do ask that you share it on social media. So if you have an aversion to that for some reason, um, I do ask that you share it on social media to get a copy just because I put so much work into it. So you can plug in your email address on my website and get uh, further instructions for that. I did want to share one page from the trend guide um, because I was seeing a lot of this kind of electric blue color, which sort of is uh, related to the classic blue, although this is definitely a little bit more of a vibrant version. But, it's totally um, worth the share. I've, it's such a valuable tool. You did a really good job with it, Lauren. Oh, thank you, Jen. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so you can go over to the website. It's laurenlesley.com. The URL is down at the bottom there, and you can just type in your email, name and email there, and you'll get further instructions. And I'll personally reply to you um, and give you a copy of the trend guide. Um, and like I mentioned, if you are on Skillshare, you can uh, uh, learn a lot more about color in uh, my class, Color Queen. So definitely check that out as well. Um, and if you are watching on YouTube, uh, you can join the Design Tribe Facebook group. Uh, this is where uh, we do a lot of live streaming. So uh, yeah, definitely join the Facebook group to be a part of our live calls. And if you would rather listen on iTunes or Spotify, you can check out the Design Tribe podcast. Uh, we repurpose a lot of our content for audio as well. And if you are watching on YouTube, you can definitely uh, hit the bell and subscribe. Uh, Jen, can you tell everyone what your YouTube channel is one, one more time? Um, the Freelance, the freelance Life. Yep. So if you search up the freelance life, it's youtube.com slash C slash the freelance life. Perfect. All right. And uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Leslie studio. Um, and Jen is at Bello Sophia creative. Thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate you. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments and we will reply to you. Thank uh, you. And, yeah. Anything else you want to say, Jen? No, I'm excited to see what blue will come our way this upcoming retail year. I know, me too. Well, it was uh, so awesome and such a privilege to have you on. Um, yeah, but we'll see you next time, guys. We're going to sign off now. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Design Tribe podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Here comes the part where I need to ask you for a little favor. Help a sister out. Next time you're in iTunes, please leave a rating and a review. Seriously. Please? It only takes a few seconds and it would quite literally make my day. For real, it helps this podcast get found so that other awesome people like you can join the dialogue and connect with each other. And as a quick reminder, you can watch the video version of most podcast episodes too. To get notifications, head over to laurenlesley.com slash webinar dash series. And remember that Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. Or check out the Design Tribe Facebook group where I'll be streaming on Facebook Live as well. Have a great day, a great attitude, and a great life. Talk soon.